The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. If you're one of the many entrepreneurs whose business is primarily referral-based, how can you strategically use digital media to ensure consistent business development? The Internet offers a variety of both paid and unpaid tools that can help you to increase traffic to your website and more precisely target the consumers who are a good fit for your products and services. Today's episode will focus on non-paid resources through which you can articulate your story and that of your company in a way that generates bottom-line results. I'm joined virtually by digital marketing expert Doug Motel, who coaches companies on increasing their reach through social media and search engine optimization. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So this is a big word, search engine optimization. I'm repeating it again. Yes, it is a big word. Um, it's a very big and fancy word that means basically sprucing up your website uh, so that it's uh, communicating with the search engines and, and um, making sure that um, it's been massaged and uh, tweaked so that the search engines can find it really easily when people are doing their research. I know that you bring a lot of very interesting lenses to this process of helping the tweaking come along such that a person can really very clearly articulate their story and have that be found by the person who's really looking for that type of product or service. Yeah, well, you know, I think since the beginning of time, marketing really has been at its core storytelling, right? Because we are emotional animals, and we respond by, uh, by hearing stories. We love stories, and uh, using marketing to tell your story is, I think, the best way to get at uh, your potential customer and have them understand what it is that you can offer them. Doug, I know that you're a playwright, you're an author, you're a solo performer, yeah. and you use your monologues to tell personal growth stories. And I'd love to tie that into how you use storytelling as a technique to help your digital marketing clients to build business. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm a, uh, a playwright, and I write and perform solo pieces. And, you know, like many people that uh, have been in show business, I had to find a way to uh, also eat. <laughs> and uh, so that's how I, why I wound up teaching myself web development. So I became a web designer. And then, uh, you know, people realized shortly after that I, after I started doing that, I realized that people needed help, you know, getting the word out about their website, whether it was search or whether it was social media. And, um, you know, I realized that I'm just kind of uniquely set up to help people get that story out because I'm constantly thinking about, um, you know, characters and, and, and story arcs, beginning, middle, and ends. And uh, ultimately what you want to do is take advantage of these free opportunities like organic search and social media to tell the story about what makes you the expert on a particular topic that people are doing the research for. And so, you know, that can be uh, writing, it can be blogs, it can be publishing books, it can be, um, you know, videos, and it can be podcasts. 
It can be infographics, and I help people with all of those things, and it definitely does come out of my interest in telling stories. You have this content piece, then, where a person frames what it is that they do, and particularly important when you have so many other people who may offer similar services and or products. That's one aspect. Right, yeah. What is it about you that's unique? How do you differ from them? Uh, And then, you know, can you create content that uh, helps to, you know, convey that message? And then, as you mentioned, there are some other components, which is just taking a look at the different vehicles through which you're communicating, like video, like blogs. And some of these may be new to some folks who haven't, explored as much some of the digital methods for communication. Yeah, but there are all kinds of opportunities out there, even for people that are um, just putting their toe in there. Um, Like, for instance, I talk about video. Well, there's a really great tool that I love called WeVideo.com, and it's a web-based video editor. And they make it super easy if you have a whole bunch of photos of your products. Let's say you sell vases or you've got um, a whole bunch of photos of you at an event and you are a speaker. You can literally upload those photos and um, make a video out of it that you can then narrate. And, you know, voila, you put that on YouTube and you run a chance of ranking well for it if you've optimized it. Um, correctly. So there are a lot of things like that that are easy to use that you don't have to necessarily be a, um, you know, an expert at any of these things in order to use them to get the word out about what you do. It's really helpful to get this information that there are tools that are really accessible and also easy to use. You don't necessarily have to hire someone who has expertise in putting videos together. It's something that you could do yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you have the budget, by all means. I say if you've got the budget, you're, you know, if you're working for a corporation that's got a budget to do this stuff, then yes, go hire the best. You know, get the best photographer, get the best videographer. But if you don't have that kind of budget available, it shouldn't stop you. Um, you know, like, for instance, there's another website I love called Grammarly.com. And, you know, if it's not in your budget to hire a copy editor to fix your grammar, you know, gr- Grammarly is, uh, it's, it is a, it's a very, very sophisticated software trained to um, tell you when your grammar is not, you know, spot on. And you can, you can at least be putting out content that it has much better grammar than it would have been if you hadn't done anything. Um, but again, if you've got the budget to hire a copy editor, do it. I appreciate the points that you're making and also your approach because it speaks to a variety of stages that, that folks might be in. If someone has a startup or if there's an, they're an entrepreneur who's been in business and their business has primarily been referral-based, then you need to have some stepping stones that will help you also to feel comfortable and to be more informed about the various options that are available through digital media and to have some kind of a transition plan where you can engage some of the resources like the ones you've mentioned and that through that business development that emerges, then folks might be a little bit more prepared for some of the deeper financial investments that are involved. Right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the goal could be to get to a place where you no longer need to use any of these do-it-yourself things because you're at a place where you've got a team of high-level professionals pulling it all together for you. Doug, I'd like to talk just a little bit more about the storytelling angle. Just in terms of technique, if you could offer some tips, because I know that this is a place where a lot of people can feel challenged in a sense, because you also have to keep coming back to what your unique brand is and how you frame what you do such that people can distinguish you from others. Uh, Right. Well, you know, I often uh, wind up suggesting that if you're writing a blog entry, you know, or an article, just think of asking just a couple of questions key questions, you know, like, um, that, what's the, what was the 
problem that the customer had? Um, what was the um, prognosis or the uh, you know the uh, suggestion that you thought was in order for them to solve the problem? How did you actually help them solve the problem? And then what was the end result? And, you know, that's a pretty good arc of a story. That sort of has a beginning and a middle and an end. Someone had a problem, uh, then they went on the, uh, you had a, a thought of how they could go on a journey to fix it. This is what you did together, and this is the um, ending of the story. And, you know, if you are um, creating, whether it's a video or a blog entry or a book even, if you can think in terms of those arcs on how you have helped people in the work that you do, whether it was because you sold them the best kind of sparkling uh, wine or whether it was because you helped them get their taxes together, whatever it is, if you can just always think in terms of that beginning, middle, and end, uh, it it can become like a template that becomes second nature to you and you don't have to feel uh, overwhelmed. What you're saying makes sense because it makes what you do more concrete, both to you and to the person who is just being introduced to what you do. Right. And the, the less abstract your content is and the more concrete and you know, grounded, the quicker people are going to grasp what it is that you're um, offering. Right, and we talked about how that helps people to be able to see themselves and also to be able to identify their needs in the work that you've already done with clients. Yes, yep, indeed. Another technique that you had shared with me is writing profiles of your ideal clients, which seems like it mirrors the story idea because you're creating a description. In this case of also demographics, age groups, geographies, other characteristics that might mark the individuals you think you'd work really well with. That's right, because um, social media, as social media has emerged, what has happened is people have begun to create their own little communities. You know, they hang out in certain places, whether it's uh, forums, where they they all share tips on how to do bass fish, fishing, or whether it's Facebook groups where people share about how to do macrame. You know, whatever it is that you are uh, offering, chances are there is already a community that exists. And if you don't really do the exercise of figuring out who your ideal customer is, then you're sort of sending it out everywhere, and that can become really exhausting. But if you can play the little exercise of, okay, who is my ideal client? Is it a man or a woman? Um, is, if it's men and women, where, how old are they? And, uh, you know, where do they live? And then um, you can create a profile that will then be so much easier to reach out to. And it seems that also ties in to a key strategy that you had discussed, which is about keywords and ref- oh, making yeah. sure right, that the, the keywords that people are searching for, the ones who would be compatible for your business, the individuals would be compatible or the companies would be compatible, are reflected in the content that you build. That's right, because we can guess all we want about how people are doing their research for uh, the goods and services that we offer. But until you actually look at real data, um, you're just, you know, you're just guessing. And I have found that a surprising amount of CEOs or, you know, even, you know, small business owners think they understand how people are looking for them, but they really don't. And they're almost always surprised to see how, what the real data shows. One of my favorite keyword, uh, one of my favorite tools is Google's Keyword Planner tool, which comes in the AdWords um, suite of tools, and it's free. You have to create a Google AdWords account, but uh, it will allow you to search and see if you put in a couple of phrases, it will tell you whether or not people are actually looking for that phrase or not, and if not, they'll offer uh, a bunch of suggestions for the ones that they know for sure people are using. And you mentioned that sometimes you can use this keyword planner tool to identify 
what are the keywords that people really are searching for as they relate to your products and services and be surprised at the top terms that are being entered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always very illuminating. Uh, I always say it's never too early to do that exercise. I recommend people do it before they even start their business, you know, uh, or, or name their business. Certainly do it before you build your website if you can, because that will affect going back to SEO or search engine optimization, knowing how people are phrasing these, uh, phrasing, looking for conducting their research um, can affect the the names of the files on your website and the names of the files and the directory structure, the folders, etc. are little signals that you can send to the search engines. So I always say do that research first before you do anything. We're coming away with this from this first segment with three excellent techniques. One that you were talking about related to storytelling, if you can help people to understand what situations you have dealt with with your clients and some of the steps that you took with them and the results they were able to achieve, that helps them to identify whether or not you might be a good person to help them. And for yourself also identifying characteristics of your ideal clients Maybe creating a number of different profiles that describe different client groups you might work with will help you to be more strategic in using digital marketing to be able to connect with those folks. And then we were talking about the third strategy of using the Google Keyword Planner, which is available through Google AdWords, and you can set up a campaign and use that tool to identify the search terms that folks are most commonly using. Did I capture it all? Yeah, I think that's really good, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. There's more to come. We're going to go to short commercial. When we return, Doug will talk about why word of mouth as a business development technique has a big impact when it comes to digital marketing. Stay with us to learn more. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by search engine optimization and social media coach Doug Motel. Doug spoke about the importance of compelling storytelling to enable prospective customers to distinguish you as the company that can meet their needs. We also talked about the importance of identifying the keywords that people are typing when they're searching for services like yours. While the content of your website, press releases, blogs, and other marketing can be compelling, if they don't contain the words that your target client is searching for, you might be like passing ships in the night. Hmm. So, Doug, talk to us about this strategy of word of mouth, or or as you put it, word of mouth, when it comes Hmm. to marketing. How and why is this technique important? Well, for some reason, uh, we as humans have a tendency to want someone else to jump first before we dive into something. Uh, we want to see that somebody else 
tried a certain restaurant and then told us it was good. We want someone else to go to the movie and then write about it and say whether we should see it or not. You know, we want, uh, we want a referral. And this has always been the case, I think, since the beginning of time. We've been looking for someone else to refer us to uh, the goods and services that we use. And that word of mouth is still important. It's just that, you know, as you said, I love to use the phrase word of mouth. Uh, now it seems mm-hmm. to be good enough for us to read about it on the Internet. So whether it's Travel Advi- Trip Advisor or whether it's Yelp or whether it is a Facebook mention on someone's timeline, if we see someone else saying, well, this business is good, uh, for some reason, psychologically, it, it is a, um, uh, you know, a seal of approval for us, especially if it's coming from someone that we're close to. So it's important to understand that you have this opportunity to have uh, word of mouth used by, um, you know, the, these tools that are available for free. You know, I always say that the real goal of social media is to try to get these people who love sharing everything online to work for you for free, get them to be your evangelists, and then you've really tapped into the power of social media marketing. I know that this also really connects with another strategy around search engine optimization, and correct me if I'm not framing this accurately, but taking a look at how many sites your site links to. You want to have your URL or specific pages on your site shared by other websites in order to increase traffic to your site. Right, yeah. So when Google came along, Google was not the first search engine. For those of you old enough to remember, we had InfoSeek and Lycos and all this, all this kind of stuff. But Google uh, immediately, out of the box, became the most important search engine because they had something in their secret sauce that no one else had, and that was that they built into their mathematical algorithm how many people were linking to someone's website. So if there were two shoe stores on Main Street and each one of them had a website and the uh, first shoe store had, you know, 10 people on their website linking to them. In other words, the chamber had a link to their shoe store. Uh, their cousin, you know, Joe had a link on his, you know, butcher's website to their shoe store website, etc. But then the other shoe store had a 100 links coming to them, Google assumed that the one that had a 100 was the one that people were looking at the most, looking for the most, which follows uh, logic, right? Because why would so many more people be putting what we call backlinks back to, you, to that website um, if it wasn't the better one? Of course, in short order, uh, site, search SEO firms you know, uh, exploited that and wound up, you know, just getting a whole bunch of links to their clients' websites and then their clients were ranked number one. So um, just getting links wasn't good enough. Uh, So getting links was good enough, but then uh, Google tweaked the algorithm and they're constantly tweaking it to make sure that those links really are of value, but that is still the thing that makes Google so different and so important, and that is that they take into consideration and they value highly the backlinks, the other people putting a vote of confidence to your website. So when it comes to word of mouth and being visible in different places and having people talk about you, do you have any specific recommendations around that? Yes, I do. Um, Create really great content (laughs) because if you write a blog that has, you know, um, screenshots to show people uh, how to do something or or pictures, you know, that uh, illustrate something, or if you give away really, really good information, you know, don't give away the, the store, but give away enough so that people will say, wow, I learned so much from that article. I am going to put a link to it on my website, and then uh, someone's going to discover it on their website, and they're going to put a link to it on their website, et cetera, et cetera. The best way to get word of mouth is to find out what it is that you really, really, really know a lot about and create very helpful content 
that people can't help but want to share with each other. And this is distinct then from sharing work that's been written by someone else. Yes. In terms of, um, you know, social media, in terms of blogging and, uh, you know, Facebook posts, that kind of stuff, you know, curating good content and sharing good content that you've found other places is terrific. Uh, it's a really good way to get people to want to like your page or follow your blog, etc. cetera. Uh, but in order to get the benefit of uh, a lot of um, backlinks or, um, you know, great sort of, you know, word of mouth, then you also need to generate your own um, organic content that is that is powerful and, and makes people want to link to it. It makes sense because essentially you're taking what's on the inside of your conversations with clients, the expertise that you're sharing in those conversations, and you're making that more visible to people who could be potential clients so that they better understand what it is that they can accomplish through you. Yeah, and also have them walk away with the sense that, oh, that's the person that's the expert. That's the person. Why would I go to anyone else but her? Because she obviously, reading this article that she wrote or this blog entry or seeing this video uh, that she has just published, she obviously is, you know, knows the ins and outs of the, the business. And so if it's a choice between her or the next person, I'm going to pick her because she clearly has illustrated to me that she knows her stuff. Right, so this goes beyond articulating the products or services that you offer and how those products and services can be helpful. This is a little bit of a different angle because you're yeah. letting people know this is the frame of reference behind these products and services. This is the expertise that is unique. Right, and letting them see it in action. You can, you can list your services and you can talk about how great you are at it. You can even post testimonials all you want, but there's nothing that gives people a sense of confidence more than you giving them an, a, an example of it right then and there. This is how I helped this client. This is what I did. Or um, this is how uh, I um, do what I do. Right, so coming back to this word-of-mouth strategy, in this case, you're producing strong content, unique content that reflects your expertise such that folks are enticed to share it with other people because of the value they find in it. So it could be they might be sharing video links, they might be sharing your blog links. Right. Um, it's important, though, if we're going to have a talk about, um, you know, word-of-mouth, also to express the importance of, of testimonials, you know, uh, and if those testimonials mean leaving um, reviews on, you know, Google or uh, leaving review, whatever your, your industry is, whether it's if you're in the medical field, if it's real self, uh, or, um, or if it's on your Facebook page, you know, those reviews, the feedback, the testimonials, that is a big part of that word of mouth slash word of mouth. Um, exercise. So you do want to encourage people. You want to make it really easy for people. Um, one of the tips that I give, suggest people do is to create a page on your website that has all of the links to the places where they could leave a review for you, whether you're a tourism business or, you know, um, no matter where you're at, whatever uh, field you're in, you know, make a page with a bunch of different places where they can leave reviews and then, um, you know, make it really simple for them. And I often even suggest people make up business cards that just have that direct link to the reviews. And when a customer is at your office, you know, just hand them the business card and say, um, we're so glad that you enjoyed uh, our, you know, the work we did with you. Please uh, consider um, sharing with everyone, your experience working with us. Doug, how does a person find out in their particular industry or line of work which sites are best for testimonials? Um, yeah, that that takes a little bit of um, uh, research, but there are, for instance, I use the medical as an example. If you look, if you do a Google search 
for uh, certain kinds of medical procedures, and then you put a geographic, um, you know, add a geographic phrase in there, you'll, you'll see which websites are coming up, whether it's Real Self or Vitals or um, Doc Shop. You know, those websites will tell you right then and there, because they're ranking at the top, that they've probably got, you know, an, they've got an audience. They've got people looking there. So if someone's going to be searching for your particular um, medical specialty, and if the first thing that they're going to see is, you know, um, vitals or real self, you want to make sure that your business appears on there uh, if it's if it's in your budget. Doing a search then for testimonials related to your industry, through that search you'll find where testimonials exist for other people. Right, or even not necessarily searching for testimonials. Well, yeah, adding reviews. So, you know, um, you know if you do a search like, um, uh, you know, accountant Westchester reviews, uh, whatever comes up there, if that's a, there's a chance that, you know, uh, people are going to be looking there and looking for reviews for accountants, but also just do the search for your particular expertise without adding reviews. So accountants, Westchester, and see what comes up. It may not be your competitors. It may be a, a website that aggregates all of the accountants in the region and then posts reviews. We have creating good content. We have ensuring that there are testimonials on the sites that are most relevant to your line of work or industry. Is there anything else that you'd add in terms of word of mouth? I would say make it really, again, make it really easy for people to, uh, to, to become a part of your, plat- your social media platforms. You know, to like you, whether you're using Facebook or um, LinkedIn, what have you, make it really easy for them to uh, find those platforms because that's the place where they're going to be using the word of mouth. It's from there that they're, that's what they're going to be sharing most likely. They're going to be sharing your website and your social media platforms. Those are the links they're going to be sharing. So make it easy for them to find. And if you have a brick and mortar business, you know, order some of those clings, those clear plastic decals that you can stick on the glass in the front of the building that shows the uh, way to reach you uh, on Twitter or, or, you know, Instagram, whatever. You know, put it um, in all the signature of your email. Make sure that your signature of your email always drives people to your social media platforms. Um, you know, put it on your business card. You know, put it, uh, put it everywhere. Okay, so I was going to ask you what you meant by making it easier, and it sounds like you just answered it, making sure that those social media links of yours are accessible in the various communication platforms that you have and that you're continuously updating also those sites. That's right. And maybe this question emerges when you speak with your clients about getting testimonials, how people respond in situations where there are negative testimonials that are up. Right. Well, you know, there's no avoiding it. Uh, there's no way you will ever get, you'll never, you'll never have a business, in my opinion, where 100% of the people walk away thrilled because people project and people are in bad moods. And sometimes somebody's had three glasses of Chablis when they get mm-hmm. on the internet at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Um, I, I, believe, actually, this is going to sound funny, but I believe that if you don't have some bad reviews, you miss out on the opportunity for being being a little bit of an underdog. Uh, Because sometimes when people, often there's what I, phenomenon that I call reviewer reviewers. So they look at the reviews that some people leave and they think, oh, come on. Don't be a baby. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that person's fault that you stayed at their hotel when it was you know, the, when it was black fl- fly season and you got bit by the flies. Don't blame that hotel. You know, so uh, we understand that sometimes people are going to give us bad reviews. What's most important is that you always reply. You always respond, and uh, you know, you know, you never, um, you never. Uh, say 
sorry, but you just say sorry. You know, say I'm so sorry that you came when it was black fly, fly season and that you know it it ruined your vacation. Please, um, you know, contact us and see, see what we can do to help. Um, you know, never say I'm sorry, but you know we did the best that we could. You know, that doesn't work in uh, reviews online. Also, doesn't work in marriages. I always say, you know, just say I'm sorry. Um, you know, uh, and then respond. And you may not turn that person around who left the bad review, probably not, but the person who's just discovering you is going to see that you're attentive, that you care, that you're not defensive, and that's going to absolutely work in your favor. So make sure you monitor all of those uh, places where reviews can be left. Don't leave them, you know, just don't leave them to their own device. You know, get in there and communicate, and you can turn all of that around. Thank you, Doug. We're going to segue to a quick commercial, and we're taking away this message that sometimes there's this opportunity, even with reviews that don't shut us in the best light, that you can reflect some of the context of that situation and extend an opportunity to that person. When we come back, Doug will share more about how you can effectively engage social media to build interest in your products and services and convert that interest into sales. We'll be back shortly. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by search engine optimization and social media coach, Doug Motel. Doug talked about the importance of word of mouth and strategies around that. And we started to talk about strategically using social media. Doug, what more can you say about that? Well, you know, um, I, as I said, I started developing websites and I was doing that for a long time. I'm, I come from the, from the, the wild, wild west, wild, wild west days of the interwebs. I've been doing it for so long. Uh, but then in around 2005, I noticed a huge shift, a shift that I think, you know, historians will look back 100 years from now and say that the world really changed, the whole world changed, uh, which is that the Internet moved from being about people just getting information to participation, Suddenly, everyone was participating. Suddenly, you could be a writer. You could start what was called a blog. You know, suddenly, you were a filmmaker. They started something called YouTube, which was a tube for you. You know, um, the world really started to give the keys to the kingdom or the keys to the crazy house, depending on how you want to look at it, to the, uh, to the inmates or the patients. Um, and now there is this absolutely unprecedented ability to promote and market your business without having to go to Madison Avenue and uh, have Madison Avenue filter it through you and pay Madison Avenue to do it. Um, You know, nothing's free, as they say. So what you are investing now is, uh, you know, the sweat 
equity of, you know, going and logging in and using all these platforms to get the word out. But it is really kind of amazing that we now can tell the story about our business with these, you know, with videos and audio and, and all these apps. And it's really, you know, extraordinary. And again, I mentioned this before, but it's really about getting those people that love what you do and getting them to share about it and work for you for free. And that also starts with the people that are already in your circle. That starts with the people already in your email list or, uh, you know, the customers that you've had. Maybe you've had customers before social media came along. You know, it's about letting them know what you're doing and, and, and moving them onto those platforms as well and getting them to share it in that way. You know, they say that the average person has 135 friends on Facebook, and if they go home and say on Facebook, wow, I just had a great meeting with a financial advisor, and they provide a link, it's kind of like going home and getting on the phone and calling up 135 people and telling them about you. So it's this incredible power that you can harness. I really like this point that you're making because if you've been using social media sites to socialize, so to speak, then you already have a platform that's set up where you have credibility built, you have relationships built. And was it you who said to me that people need to have repeated interactions with someone in order to make a purchase? Yes. Yep. There's an old adage that people need to see something seven times before they'll commit. Um, so that's why I tell people if you can, if you've got the money to advertise on radio, do it. You know, if you've got the money to advertise in print, do it, and do social media, and do search, and do live events, so that you can write a press release and perhaps get an, uh, a uh, or without live events, but get you know utilize print media, do you know traditional public relations, because man, if people see it in all these different places, they're going to assume that you you are the one. I like the point that you're making also, though, of tapping into existing networks, because oftentimes when we're looking at how we can expand, how we can develop business, we're thinking about tapping into new populations, which is really key. And at the same time, we may not be maxing utilization of the networks that we have. That's right. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Most uh, service providers, like most, most people like consultants, we we really get our our customers through referrals. You know, someone has come to us before and then told somebody about them. So you can use the customers that you have before and get them to refer you. Uh, but now, like I said, now in 2016, those referrals that that they can give to you really are best shared via the web. So using the people that have been your customers um, before that's those referrals and finding ways to expand on that, finding ways to get them to give you even more referrals because now you're offering them things uh, through your web presence that you weren't able to offer them before. And some of the folks you know who weren't your clients may think of you highly and at the same time may not really be clear about exactly what you do. And now that's they okay. will. Right, so coming back to what you were saying in the first segment about clearly articulating who your ideal clients are and also the scenarios in which you've been able to help people and the results you've achieved can help the people that you know put two and two together and potentially offer referrals. Yes, definitely. And, you know, when you are lined up with the right clients, and you're doing the kind of work that you, at a, you, that you love to do from your job, boy, there is something about that that really works um, so, so well. I'm noticing that myself this year. I got really clear about what it is about my business that I love to do the most, and I got clearer about what kind of people I really, really want to work with the most. And when I... Um, you know, focus just on that and I draw those people in, it winds up generating much more referral business for me than the other way around, than just taking whatever client came along and doing whatever product or service I could sell. And that's the thing that generates the positive reviews, right, that maximizes the opportunity for really strong reviews 
is when you're focusing on your strengths and you're focusing on the people you you work really well with. Right. It's like Joseph Campbell, you know, follow your bliss. <laughs> it makes sense. I've had several conversations just this week on this topic that there's an element of effortlessness that happens when you're really focusing on your strengths, even though there are always things that we need to work on in order to really use our strengths more effectively, that it doesn't have to be such a struggle, that the idea is uh, things on some level can be much easier and you could do really well career-wise if you're really honing in on that combination of things. Right, right. And what that requires is a a certain amount of um, confidence, too, that you'll be taken care of, that all will be well if you're not just chasing, you know, uh, with the quickest, fastest, you know, dollar out of a panic. Doug, what else would you say in terms of social media for those who maybe have been using some of the sites like LinkedIn or Facebook and are looking to expand their social media presence and use it more strategically, what suggestions can you offer? Well, I have found that as the um, social media grows, it's very hard to offer a cookie-cutter solution for people. Uh, There are some businesses that simply will not benefit from Facebook. You know, there are some businesses that just aren't going to do well on LinkedIn, um, and there are some that, you know, are going to do terrific on Pinterest and Instagram, et cetera. Um, so there's no sort of one one uh, size fits all, and I guess that's actually what I would say to people is don't be um, – don't don't feel like you're supposed to be on a platform that doesn't interest you or that you don't feel is a good match, uh, you know. And and do what you can do. Don't also don't get overwhelmed because you know every day we turn around there is a new social media that platform that's supposed to be great that you're you're supposed to be on. But don't forget, you know, MySpace disappeared. Um, and and ultimately, actually, the MySpace is a good example because. You know, there were people that completely neglected their own website, and if they, and the ones who used MySpace to direct people to something that they could control that would be around forever, which was their website, those people did fine with when MySpace and Friendster and other social media sites fell by the wayside. So always think in terms of directing people uh, to your website. It really should. It should the the focus should be to your your blog or your website, whatever you have control over. That's that's what these social media sites should be doing because that's the place where you're going to convert someone into a customer. Right. So really focus on developing your site with a lot of helpful resources, such that people will want to keep revisiting it and also encouraging others to do so. Right, and use the social media to give people a taste of what you do, especially the DNA of your business. You know, Instagram is really great for, you know, pictures of the the employees at lunch and, you know, arrivals from UPS and opening, you know, the... the the backstory of your business, and most of social most social media platforms are really good for that, giving people a sense of you know what's at the heart or like I said the DNA of the business, but allow those platforms to subtly be directing people to your website and also once they're there for you to grab their data, because email marketing is never going to die in my opinion, and that data is like gold. What are the different ways that you can suggest to entice people to offer their information? Give them something for free. <laughs> you know, give them a, a report or give them a tip sheet. You know, right now, uh, for people who visit my website, uh, if you give me your email address, I have a little tip sheet on how to promote your live events, if you have any live events this summer. Um, you know, and... Uh, you know, giving stuff away to people and uh, and also making sure that if you have a blog that you are making it really easy for people to receive notifications and, you know, subscribe, let people subscribe to your blog. You know, um, you know, subscribers, I just love, I love the word subscriber. You know, think of everybody out there who could be a customer for you. Think of them as 
first subscribers. Get them to subscribe to your content in all the ways that you can possibly you know, think of. I like what you're saying because it taps into that whole strategy around building a relationship with someone. That if you give someone a chance incrementally to get to know you, to get to know your work through your website, through the free tools that you might offer, through ongoing communications you might send, if they're then interested to subscribe, as you put it, that it it offers them a little bit more of a path to have these multiple interactions that might wind up then in greater likelihood resulting in a sale. Absolutely. You know, I've had many people buy a copy of my book, uh, and then that promote that instigated them to attend one of my webinars or one of my live events, and then uh, they moved up to to committing to uh, you know working with me as a as a coaching client. Doug, thank you so much. We're already at our wrap up point here, and you've shared such valuable information. And considering that we're just scratching the surface right now of search engine optimization and use of social media, so Doug's offering you a low-cost opportunity, he's offering a 10% discount on his online self-study course, which is called Playing the Game of Google. You can learn more about his course and even sample a couple of lessons free of charge by going to siteoptimize.com, that's S-I-T-E-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-D.com. You'll be able to access both the course and Doug's free tutorials through the Learn Online tab on his site and receive the course discount by using the code TURNTHEPAGE. And that's all one phrase with no spaces in between. Turn the page. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to email me at hosthemda at gmail.com or please share your thoughts with me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, Remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.